1: Folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. And folks, in welcoming you, let me share with you a reading from the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Well, our guest today experienced the reality described in that text when on March 3rd, 2020, he was in a mountain biking accident, which injured his spinal cord and left him immediately paralyzed. Well, by the grace of God, he was quickly found by a fellow biker, excuse me, And after enduring surgery and physical therapy, guess what, folks? By the grace of a loving God, he was able to walk out of that rehab center five weeks later. Well, listen today, as he discusses with Brian and I, his amazing story of resilience and faith. After all, it's not what happens to you, right, that counts, but how you respond to what happens to you that really is everything. And of course, you know the drill. Here to get us started to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, brother. God bless you, man. It's good to see you, friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Good to see you as well. Listeners of our show who do this on a pretty typical basis know that the unique thing about Good News for the City is, is it's the only radio show here in the Washington metro area on Christian radio? That focuses on local issues that local people can get involved in, or local ministries that local people can get involved in, and then what we're doing today, telling stories of God and the good news of his gospel and how it's made a difference in local people. I, I like to call it stories of the immeasurable God doing immeasurable things in ordinary people. And in ministry, Dennis, you and I both know this, that too often people look at the adjective before our name, pastor. And wrongly come to the conclusion that we have a special corner on God, that God maybe (laughs) loves us more or does more for us, or we can have a deeper relationship. But our jobs, the things that we do, is a living out of our calling. It is not particularly our identity. In fact, our guest today has an amazing story about how God has worked in him as he's lived out his calling And it certainly reminds me of this quote from Henry Nowen, that people who have come to know the joy of God do not deny the darkness that they've gone through. But what they choose to do is not to live in it. And so in many ways, that is the story we're going to hear today uh, as we talk to Mark Gottlieb. Mark has been an entrepreneur most of his life. His first, and I love this, Dennis, his first major company, for many of us, that would be enough, right, it was Design Tech International, which produced over $125 million in consumer electronic products, mostly automotive and telephone accessories. His last company was LogicMark LLC, which produced a line of personal emergency response systems for the home healthcare care market. Uh, actually, that company received the honor of making the Inc. 500 Awards two years in a row for its record growth before he sold the company. Uh, just about 11 Amen. years ago in 2011. He's earned two master's degrees. Dennis, this happens a lot in our show. We get a lot of people here a whole lot smarter than us, and this is not an exception for sure. Two Indeed. masters from Stanford, one in engineering management, one in product design. After graduate school, he was a consultant and even taught as an associate professor at George Washington University. He is a serial investor, means he goes at it all the time, and he's been awarded 30 U.S. patents and numerous foreign patents. Uh, He's active in investing as sort of an angel and helping other people in areas. He's supported and mentored several startups. He's on the advisory board at George Mason University, as well as several other board positions with several companies and charities. He's also active uh, in his community. He lives in Fairfax Station as well with his wife, Sharon. They together have four children and 10 grandchildren. His interests include exotic expedition travel, photography, mentoring young men, mathematical art we do not have time today to get into that but i would love to know about that 3d printing and working woodworking let's just say that he has his hands a little bit of everything and has been so what you're
1: telling me brian is that mark just he's kind of a loafer man
2: yeah he's he's just kind of a loafer i mean yeah 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 Yeah. well mark (laughs) uh with that very long but very necessary introduction thanks for joining us today
3: Sure. Th- thank you very much, De- Dennis and Brian. I do appreciate being on with you.
2: Yeah. And one of the unique things about your story is is that you're very aware of God's presence in it. But, you know, all of our faith stories start at a place. So catch our listeners up a little bit. How did your faith story sort of come about and maybe even change and grow during your early life?
3: Sure. I was uh, I was actually raised in a middle-class American family. My parents were Jewish, but mm-hmm. They were actually atheist Jews. And what that means is they were, they were, they were, they were culturally (laughs) Jewish. Um, but we didn't, we didn't believe in God at all. So my father was an ethno, ethno ethnomusicologist, which means he studied the, the, the music of faraway places. And my mother was an architect and, um, we traveled the world a lot. In fact, I was actually in 12 schools to the 12th grade. Mm -hmm. And as a kid who actually stuttered terribly as a kid that's 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 very awkward going to a new school every year and having to to meet to meet new friends so so it it either makes you stronger or or makes you weaker in my case it made me stronger I guess so that's good and having having a Jewish mother who pushes you hard through school I was in graduate school at Stanford already at the age of 20 so I I kind of ran through school fast I ended up um leaving there after several years and coming out to Washington, D.C. And um, I actually met a girl um, th- the first year I was out here, and she gave me a Bible. And I'd never read the Bible. I didn't know much, uh, much about the Bible. I didn't know there mm-hmm. was an Old and a, a New Testament, really. I wasn't sure how all that all that worked. And I knew you were supposed to actually read this thing on Sundays, so I read it on Sundays occasionally. And that's kind of how, how it started. And then I had a friend um, who was a student of mine when I was teaching at George, at George Washington U- University. And he, he had invited me to church one day. Right. So I went and I heard this guy named Lon Solomon preach. And it was rather interesting. So I came back the following week, Mm. and it was equally interesting. So I just kept coming back over and over until eventually I figured out, wow, there really is a God, and the book that I am actually reading is His words, and I want to know more about it.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting, really, connection there when you connected (laughs) to McLean Bible Church. A lot of people here in the Washington metro area know who Pastor Lon Solomon is, the founder of that church, now retired. But His story is from a Judaism background story. So how God puts us in the right places to hear from the right people to hear the most important message of the good news. I think that's always profound when we see those connections. Sometimes looking back, as they say, 2020, hindsight is perfect. But nonetheless, you know, 12 schools and 12 years traveling the world, going to Stanford at 20, that could pretty much say that you've had a busy life. But also identifies to this idea that you probably have a lot of things in your life that would be you would be passionate about, or maybe things we call your calling. What are some of those things?
3: Okay, well, um, I guess if I were to actually summarize it, create, creativity is my main passion. Mm-hmm. And we have we have we have the most amazing creator that created everything, and he's given us the ability to create and innovate as well. So I love doing doing that with everything that I'm, I'm involved with. Another area. Is I also enjoy mentoring young men in businesses of their own. Help, right. help helping them get over the hurdles as you get going in in business. If you haven't, if you haven't done this for year after year after year, a lot of it is is very daunting and not and not and and and, and not easy to navigate. So helping them along that in the, in the early stages has been something that I've really enjoyed doing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, as someone who uh, has never been in business in that particular way, but it has been the recipient of of pastors who are beyond my age and beyond my experience, certainly getting mentored is just a great gift. And so uh, I'm sure the the men and the women who've had the opportunity, been mentored by you feel that as a gift. Now, let's kind of pivot, though, if we can, for a moment. Uh, As Dennis mentioned in the opening, uh, we're coming up right around the three year anniversary of uh, you having a, an accident, uh, you were out mountain biking, so to speak. Tell us what happened and what it was like uh, in those sort of early days of recovery, if you would.
3: Yes, I was out mountain biking as I would as I would do very often, and I loved the the, the trails. And I would actually worship the Lord as I was biking up and down the trails. It was mm-hmm. great. And one day I had a I had a fall and there was a, a it was a fluke and i i hit and i hit a i hit a a rock with my helmet because there's a big dent in the helmet so i'm i'm sure it was a rock and my neck broke and but i wasn't aware of that at the moment and the first thing a mount, mountain biker does when you you fall down is you just pick yourself up dust yourself off get on your bike and keep going so i went to get up and my legs wouldn't move at all. My hands were out in, in, in front of me, and th- they, they wouldn't move at all either. My fingers wouldn't even move. Nothing on my, my body moved from my neck down. In fact, mm-hmm. I realized I couldn't even breathe. So I realized wow. this is, this is going to be quick. And then suddenly, half half minute later, I began to breathe, And several minutes later, some guys came along and they called 911, the ambulance and helicopters and all that, all that good stuff. And I spent the next 40 days in rehab and I'm at the hospital at Inova. And um, I started out with my my whole body from the neck on down, didn't move at all. It was a matter of days until my right right foot began to move. Um, Within a week, my right hand began to move a bit and gradually parts and bits and pieces of me began to actually move more and more but the, the inter- interesting part is in, in the hospital there i've actually known that in my my mind that god has all kinds of great of great plans for us and sometimes there's things that that we don't we don't we don't ask for but they are part of his plans right. and i figured well gosh god god must have a plan here for me to be in this this hospital like this so I'm going to make sure I don't actually miss any of it. So one of the things I made a commitment of right up front is I'm not going to turn on that that large, big, big screen TV, you know, in the room that, that, that they, they give everyone. Yeah, I was going to just be listening to what God wanted me to know. So I I never turned that. Got on once in the forty days in the hospital, and I made it a mission to be praying for every single nurse who came by and to ask them what 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 needs and prayer I, I can have for them. And I had a whole ministry going on in the hospital with all these nurses, and we had all kinds of amazing prayers answered and lives right. changed. It was it was exciting. Yeah,
1: let's Where go have there, I heard? Though. Hey, Brian, Brian, yeah. where, wait a minute, wait a minute, man. Where have I heard this forty days thing? somewhere before, maybe be somewhere in the wilderness in the or the day. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm just asking.
2: That's right. Uh, you know, so I want to go back though and explore that for a minute, because obviously, um, you know, having the truth about who God is, that while he doesn't necessarily cause bad situations, he never wastes them. And he's always about a process of using us if we allow ourselves to be used both to conform ourselves, to look more like Jesus, but also to show Jesus to the world around us. How did you see God work as you uh, were now, sorry, God, I'm going to turn the turn the big screen off, and I'm going to be fully present with you and to try to walk and to follow you with whatever you ask.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point is that God God actually wants us to focus on Him and to see how we can fit into His, his plans. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with being an inventor is that I'm always trying to invent things I want to do for God, as opposed <laughs> to figuring out what what God is doing and joining him.
2: You know, Mark, I'll tell you this, whether we're literal inventors or not, there's a whole lot of us that are metaphorical inventors in the way that we deal with God, right? Yeah. I, I'll say this a lot. I'm very guilty of wanting to design my plans for my life and just have God notarize them. Exactly uh, in in that way. So, but what did you see God do that maybe you wouldn't have expected uh, that you couldn't have seen happen or, or even could have figured out on your own?
3: Well, I'm not sure there's a a specific thing, mm-hmm. but I can assure you that I look at life a little bit di- differently these days. And, yeah. I, and I have a lot of empathy for those who are also broken in many ways. My life today is... Um, Um, It's not at all normal. My whole left side is is semi paralyzed, and my and my left arm doesn't actually work well, and my left hand doesn't 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 move very well. Mm -hmm. And when I walk, I look rather silly and broken. Okay, and um, I and I and I and I and I realize that um, I need to to realize that God may have me here for the rest of my life, in, in this state or he may get me better to some degree, but I have to learn to be comfortable with wherever he actually leaves me off.
2: It sounds like that what he's done is like he does for all of us in one way or the other uh, from time to time is challenge our perspective on things. How has maybe your perspective uh, been enlightened, moved, changed, whatever word that you might feel comfortable with when it comes to this idea of suffering, you know, we all know that God, it wasn't his design for hurt or pain or that sort of stuff, but we live in a full and bro- fallen, broken world, and that is um, the reality that we're going to live in this side of eternity, in one way or the other. Um, how do you look at things, maybe in ways you didn't before?
3: Well, you know, one of the, one of the things I've, I've come to actually realize in the last several years is that all the characters in the Bible that God used greatly, you know, you can name Moses in the Old Testament, you got Paul in the New, and in, in, the, in the New Testament, everyone in between. Um, God used these men, men and women, in great ways, and the people He chose were the broken people. Or if they weren't broken at the time, He broke them in the process. Mm-hmm. God tends to like broken people. He tends to want to use broken people. He tends to want to show off his his. Glory and his magnificence and his ability to accomplish great and mighty things through the use of ordinary and broken people, and so when I when, when I'm now in this broken state, so not only is my speech broken, which has been most of my life, but now my body is broken. I just have to realize, okay, God, I want to see what you're going to do with me, and I and I have to be be available, and I need to be the one that steps out and keeps moving forward, knowing that God uses broken people to do great and mighty things for the Lord.
2: Yeah, you know, there was a a book that came out not too long ago called Leading with a Limp, and talked about how um, this idea that when we've been broken, when we have a, a physical limp, like in your case, a spiritual limp, some other type of limp, that it changes us uh, so much, in fact, that I've heard one person say, and I I'm kind of agree with it. It's difficult to follow someone who's never limped. They, they don't know what it's like to to be in those broken moments. They don't know what it's like to do that. And you, you know, shared a little bit about what your life, you know, did look like. You were mountain biking all the time, and from a little bit of background I got from mutual friends, you know, you were running all over the world, having great opportunities to do uh, what a lot of people would say are exotic or fun type of things. Um, and maybe that doesn't look exactly the same now. How do you view yourself inside of this new chapter that God has for you?
3: Well, if I were to use a single word, it would be obedience. Mm-hmm. I need to just be obedient to the fact that I'm not going to be the, the same health health state I was in the past. I'm not going to be able to do all the, all, all the things that I, I could in the past. But I, I need to be obedient in, as God is calling me in the small things here or there, to be obedient in doing those things. One of the things that I've learned in life is when I hear that small, still voice yes. saying, hey, Mark, why don't you reach out to this person or call that person, or why don't you help over here or volunteer over there? I need to be obedient. be obedient in doing those things even if I feel like, gosh, I'm in so much pain, or I'm hurting, or I'm not gonna do it well, or or I'm not this or that. um, I'm not I'm not the one to actually do that. You know, I need to do it anyway. So I am trying to be obedient in the small things.
2: Mm. Uh, You know, I love that reminder, you know, Mark, as you talk, there are so many things I just kind of want to go off on a rabbit trail on that you're just saying that are just so insightful, but I couldn't miss this point that You know, especially as men, I think a lot of times, and certainly women too, I don't want to be stereotypical with this. A lot of times we define success in a very narrow way, but success in God's economy is obedience. You know, where has he placed you and what is he asking you to do to be that disciple like he wants to do? And so thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience in there. I mean, certainly, you know, three years is a long time, but it's a short time uh, all in the same way. What are some of during this journey over the last three years you feel like some favorite or maybe verses that God used to encourage you?
3: Yeah, um, the one that um, Dennis quoted up front, Isaiah 45, 7, mm. I form the light and I, I create the darkness. I bring prosperity and I create disaster. That's a great verse. And it's it's rarely quoted because when you when you actually realize that all the bad things that happen to us in life come through the filtered hands of god god was able to uh, to to have that not happen if he if he didn't want it to but he 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 wanted it to like in like in the, the book of job satan had to ask permission to to do anything to to mm-hmm. job so when you realize that god is not only the one that gives us good things but he allows Bad things to happen to us, it changes the outlook on, uh, on things where you know God is still fully in charge of everything in our in, in our life. Another verse I really love is Psalm forty six ten, which is "Be still and know I am God." Most of us are are overly busy listening to things, doing things, running around, watching TV, etc., all the time, and just being still and knowing He is God is a is a good thing to kind of begin learning to to do so i so i i like that one and my and my last one are the words from the apostle paul in second corinthians 12:9 my grace is sufficient for you my strength mm-hmm. is made perfect in weakness so as i feel weak and broken these days and not quite able to do the way i used to do things i yes. need to realize that god's grace is sufficient and that he can use that for all kinds of great mighty things for his glory
2: Amen. You know, our listeners are maybe be familiar with that Psalm 46 verse. And when we really dig into it, we understand that when it says be still, that Hebrew word for "no" actually means experience. So almost like sometimes we don't experience the reality of his goodness and his godness in our life because we're not still enough to experience it sometimes. Good point. And so I know it's a challenge in my life sometimes just to be still. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners here are the same way. So in our last minute or so, uh, maybe there's one of our listeners who are facing a sudden disability or diagnosis, or they know someone, how would you encourage them?
3: Yeah, I would um, encourage you to actually view things that the, is that your life is like a, is like a movie in a sense, but in this case, the, the, the audience really is God. You need to actually get up in the morning and know that the audience for today is God. He's the one watching you and what your friends may think and your family may think, or your neighbor may think doesn't really count. So when That's I, right. so when I go to, to, when I go to bed every night, I want to be able to know that given the cards I was dealt with that day, I did the best I could, even if I failed a bit or didn't get much done well, I certainly mm-hmm. tried and yeah. that my audience of one is all I have to worry about. So that's yeah. what my that's my focus.
2: And Dennis, I know that's been encouraging to me and again, like we say often, the time has gone really fast, but thank you Mark for for your encouragement to us. I know that it's making a difference, right Dennis?
1: Hey Mark, God bless you buddy. Thank you so much for being with us. I and Brian, you're right. I mean, somebody um, God has let somebody hear this today because it's going to encourage us and, and share with us what God is about and what God is doing in our lives. Folks, if you want to he- hear more about this, go to marksadventures.com. that's marksadventures.com. You can also go also go to goodnewsforthecity.com. that's good news for the city.com. And you can listen to this again. And I would urge you to do so, or you can call me at the radio station 703-807-2266. Mark, thanks again, Brian, my good buddy. God bless your friend. Hey folks, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the
0: gospel, the
1: gospel that makes a way.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart D.C. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.